I have my phone auto-catching right now. No. Well, while Mike is getting rid of Pokemon, I already hit the recording button. So welcome to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. Uh, this is going to be a couple days after 4th of July. I hope everyone had a great, amazing Independence Day. I hope uh, you have the all 10 digits, or at least the digits that you started with today. Uh, except for the guy. <laughs> except for the fucking guy that told me he hoped I had a quiet shift. Because I swear to God, as soon as he said that... That's when I had that situation I told So, fuck that dude, guy. I hope he lost a digit. Dude, that's hilarious because, like, on Saturday when I was working, I was asking my boss where something was. And I said, yo, I don't even know why I'm asking you where this is. I'm not going to sell it in the time that you're going to be gone. As soon as he walks out the door and answered my question, someone came in and bought the item. There you go. Yeah. So, it was just, it was a, a fucking wild uh, 4th of July weekend for me, so... Uh, with that, let's go ahead and start getting the house rules out of the order and start getting on with the show. Uh, if you have not already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. That is the best way to keep up with new episodes as they come out. Also, if you haven't already, leave us a review. It is the best way for other people to find us. And actually, I should have had this ready, Mike. Uh, I want to uh, not necessarily call this person out, but I just want to bring up this particular iTunes review, which I told Mike about, and it oh, was God. no, it no, was no. funny, <laughs> but I was also like, what the fuck? Um, so anyway, we have a four star review, which I'm like, okay, four stars. Maybe there's a uh, you know some some criticism in there that I can take and, and make this a better podcast. Uh, so let me read this review for you. It is... Oh, there we go. Uh, the first episode I listened to seemed to be an overabundance of swearing, like a distracting amount. Stuck through and noticed that it is that, that is not a complete norm. Casual amount isn't a noticeable. Good content aside from that. And this fucking guy's iTunes review's name is Jay Cutler Sucks Dick. So, apparently the guy that has his name as Jay Cutler Sucks Dick thinks that we swear too much on this and jay cutler sucks dick i am sorry that we swear too much but we are passion obviously just by as much as you are about nfl so i'm sorry anyway I'm not, I'm not. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i swear to god when i saw it i was like what the fuck but uh anyway so leave us a review uh if you complain about our swearing maybe don't say somebody sucks dick in your your uh your tagline or your name or whatever it may be uh also uh if you can check out our social media i am on everything uh from facebook instagram twitter discord mewe parlor uh and uh that's it i think that's all the socials anyway as to a lifestyle uh you can catch oh damn sorry Mike uh, at Just Pews on Instagram and Facebook and Tag Cat Actual on uh, Discord and uh, Instagram. And actually, he's got a Just Pews Discord as well. Check us out there. Uh, and also, if you can, check out our Patreon. Everything you guys give us, it goes directly into this podcast. Uh, I'm going to SHOT Show and leaving Mike behind, so uh, I'll be giving you guys some good content. Say what now? My mother, oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, hey, man, I got two ex-wives that abandoned me, and, and, you know, so I totally understand. You know, first one, you know, you're like, okay, okay. But then the second one around, you're kind of like, what is Nick doing? And now you're about to have a third. God damn it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so uh, yeah, check out our Patreon. It is the best way to support the show. 
anything guys directly gives us goes to something you know for this podcast and uh, i'm toying with some ideas to uh give you guys that do contribute to patreon a little bit something extra so if you want to reach out to us uh let us know what you would like for subscribing to patreon uh maybe uh me and mike can do something together or just me uh since mike uh seems to be so busy playing with his pokemon right now hey but, hey, uh, hey 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 you calm down there sir yeah this is very important work anyway so it, with that let's go ahead uh i think that's it is there anything else oh check out justfuse.com uh we, that's where we got our articles that we write uh to educate the masses Yep. So that's check out all the social media links if you don't feel like typing everything out. There you go. And also you can find this podcast there as well. So, uh, And also our, our show notes, which uh, I did not send to you, Mike. So I will do my damnedest to, to not forget that. You don't want to see me pissed off. Real talk. Never tell a lie to a bitch, dog. Nope. When it come to them, you got to play around. And I never ever let the fuckery get to me. Why not? Niggas ain't worth my energy. What you had to do? Cut them off, make them feel it. I ain't dealing with nothing if it don't make sense to me. Never, ever, ever. I never, ever, ever go against my kind for some niggas on the other side. Never, ever, ever. I never, ever, ever put a bitch for the money. Got to get it when it come to Lately, I feel like it's me versus me. Don't see competition. Why would you compete? Don't even uh, gotta no. be woke. Anyway, be with that, now. let's go on and get into the main part of the show. Well, the main part of the show, we have a few interesting uh, articles for you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the first one, obviously, we're going to be talking about the shooting sports because that's what we like to do here at uh, 2A Lifestyle. For, and this article comes to us from Amelan. Now, I will say, last time we had uh, Nate, um, God, I almost said Nathan, but I know it's uh, Eric. We had Eric on and Mike. Uh, I got, you know, and I realize Amelan is pretty good for some articles, but they're also pretty shitty. Uh, so I'm going to do my best to look at the authors of the articles. So that way I can make sure we give you guys the best articles and content here on the podcast. But anyway. This shouldn't be too bad because this is about the shooting sports. Uh, so this article comes to us from Amaland. It was posted July 6th, and it's Vlieger takes home high overall at Doc Welt ninth annual memorial match. So obviously, we always want to uh, promote the shooting sports here. The Olympics are coming up. I am super fucking excited. Uh, I'm on TikTok, so I like scrolling through TikTok, and I like to. I, there's a lot of young, uh, like trap, sh- you know, skeet shooters. Uh, that are on the Olympic team, and uh, they're always posting shit on TikTok, so it's cool to see them preparing and and doing what they're getting ready to do uh, for the Tokyo Games. So, uh, you know, give me a second. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So anyway, uh, going on into the shooting sports, you know, guys, pay attention to the uh, what's going on in the Tokyo Games. Support the shooting sports that are in the Olympic Games. Like I said, that is something that's very underrated. Uh, one of the most one like the winningest Olympic medalist is actually a woman skeet shooter, but that is something that you're never going to hear in the mainstream media. I think she's won like it's some ungodly amount. It's like 15 Olympic medals or something like that. It, it's it's crazy. Uh, but anyway. Shellshock Technologies LLC, uh, an early early stage technology and manufacturing company uh, focused on case technologies and ammunition. Uh, they have an, a sponsored shooter that John Vlieger, he won the overall in first place in the open division at the Doc Welt ninth annual memorial match held at Clearwater, Florida. Uh, Vlieger competed against 145 competitors to finish with uh, 
805 uh, at a time. Anyway, that's all for that kind of shit, if you know what you're talking about. Anyway, he's fired over 100,000 rounds of ammunition with Shell Shock Technologies NAS cases, which that is something that is really impressive. And, you know, okay, that happened? just goes to show. Uh, just talking about this Vlieger guy, he's sponsored by Shell Shock Technologies. Yeah. He's fired over 100,000 rounds with these new Shell Shock Technologies wow. cases. So that is, that is the one that's split into two? Yup. Wow. So, I mean, that's first off, that's impressive as hell. Just to, you know, for any shooter to shoot 100,000 rounds. For a competition shooter, you know, you got to shoot that much. I mean, no telling how many rounds, like, fucking the Michelin family goes through uh, whenever, you know, they're getting ready for a competition or just goofing off because they don't, they don't have like a nine to five job like me and Mike do. They, you know, that's all they do is shoot. You know, that when they have ammo delivered, they have it delivered by the pallet. So goals, goal, yeah, goals, <laughs> man. So uh, obviously, like I said, we just wanted to uh, talk about that just because, you know, that is important to us here to a lifestyle. Let's get into some kind of shitty shit. Uh, Joe Biden, this fucking guy. Boo. This fucking guy. So since I think it's been since the last podcast, you know, he had that once, you know, dumb fucking comment where he said, uh, you know, you really think you can stand up against the government? You're going to need some F-15s and some nukes, uh, you know, not knowing that I guess like two generations of, you know, fighter jets have come out since then. You know, F-15s are actually pretty uh, obsolete compared to like F-22s and F-35s. So, uh, you know, and then nukes. What, what was that, that cocksucker, Beto O'Rourke, wasn't he the one that said that, you know, we got the, the button or something? Uh no, that was I don't think it was Beto or work. It was some blonde dude out of fucking California. I can't remember his name. I'm pretty so, sure it's some blonde guy from California anyway. So, you know, you got pretty much the same thing being said uh, by another Democrat, this time the president of the United States, which is pretty, pretty bonkers if you think about it. So, uh, you know, and then you have him coming out with this new, uh, you know, this new government initiative to go after illegal dealers and uh, let me see what was this other article that I found. So does that mean that he's going to go after the ATF? Yeah, no shit, right? Well, and that's that's something you know we'll go ahead and talk about. Uh, you know what Biden is trying. He's not. A, I'm just going to say, I personally don't think Biden is a very good leader. Uh, no. He's very much in the sense of he likes to have capable department heads around him to do the job so that way he doesn't have to do it well i mean uh, the thing is uh, i think the big part of that is is the fact that the guy really like i'm not saying this to be jokingly or i'm not saying this jokingly i'm being very serious the guy doesn't know where he is half the time and he doesn't know what he's talking about half the time like putin just sat down with i think it was abc for two and a half hours for the first u.s interview that he's done in like four or five years and he had no issues, even though it was a foreign language, he had no issues with communicating, answering the questions, knowing what he was talking about. Biden, he gets up on a podium, he, you know, you, you know, you know the thing, or come on, guy. It's like, okay, this man would not be able to sit down and have an intelligent conversation for an hour, hour and a half, or two hours. He does not know where he's at. He does not know what he's talking about, and he doesn't even understand the policies that he's talking about. Like the one, the uh, American Care Act or whatever it was that he that he got passed. He had that uh, press conference where he was whispering the entire guy time. He goes, I wrote. It's like, 
No, but you did not write a thousand pages of fucking legislation, and you wouldn't even be able to do that on your best day. So, I mean, he is not a good leader at all. He's very weak. Well, he said he's going to go after the dealers of death that are profiting from gun violence and says there will be zero tolerance. And I'm telling you, that there's a lot of stories going that are interconnecting into this, which is, you know, in regards to the push to end gun violence, they are going to be pouring millions and probably billions of funds back into police from the federal government, which is, to me, mind-boggling. Just because this is the same group last year that it was all about defund the police. I could see them doing it for federal agencies. I don't see it. See them doing it for local PDs. It's going to happen just because of the fact, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, the ATF is the one that deals with street crimes. Uh, they are the smallest federal agency, like even smaller than the U.S. Marshals. So the ATF really does not do a whole lot in regards to street stuff. What they do is they have local PDs either in task force or they create these cases that end up going federal. So basically all the ATF does is they get like all the, the, you know, the evidence, all that kind of shit from the local PDs or sheriff's offices. And they present it to the U S you know, the U S attorney. And they say like, Hey, this is a case we're going to take federal. It, that's all they do. They don't do shit. I'm telling you, it is ridiculous. Yeah, and that's kind of what I have a friend that was in Texas that used to be uh, head of his department, and he was telling me about how the ATF, they'd basically show up at a range, and they wouldn't even do anything if they saw something that wasn't supposed to be there. They just, it, yeah. You know, I, in, you know, everybody demonizes the ATF because, you know, ultimately those are the ones that, you know, fuck us over with their uh, their opinions and all that other kind of shit that, you know, that they go after, like, braces and uh you know ar pistols and you know 80 80 receivers and all that kind of stuff uh you know but i obviously like you know boots on the ground atf is just ineffectual they're inefficient and they are chaotic it is rarely that you see the atf do something proactive because they don't have the manpower the resources or the you know they just can't for some one reason or another. Anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, they don't even run the NIC system. The FBI does that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the ATF is the smallest federal agency, uh, you know, like the big three letter agencies, you know, like besides like maybe Department of Interior, uh, you know, shit like that. FAA, you know, those kind of those kind of places. But like in regards to like FBI, uh, DEA, ATF, U.S. Marshals, you know, the big four, they're the smallest. But. You know, Biden, in regards to doing this, um, is appointing these people into positions of government. And obviously, we're talking about David Chapman now. And this is in regards to a tweet that came out from a journalist. And Mike, I think you've seen it, where yeah. the you know Chapman has came out and it's been reported that he falsified his paperwork to the Senate and stating about his conflict of interest. Because apparently, I didn't realize this until this story came out, his wife also, up until like last week, worked for the ATF. And, you know, in those paperwork that he filed for the Senate, you know, they have to say, do you would you have any conflict of interest in running the ATF? And he said no. Well, if you are the ultimate boss of the ATF and your wife works in the ATF, that is a fucking conflict of interest. A and huge he, one. 
he lied about it. And she, like, went through – she was put on the fast track for retirement for ATF. Like, you know, any retirement from a government agency normally takes probably, I would say, a month, maybe longer. Because you got all the paperwork that's go go through. You know, you got to get your paperwork in the retirement system. Because, you know, I'm sure the ATF's got, like, some sort of pension system versus, like, a normal 401K. You got to set up the payments going to you. You know, you got to stop you – get. you know, you got to stop your paycheck where, you know, it's coming in from – there's just a shit ton of paperwork. She was fast-tracked to get retired, so that way he wouldn't you know, be caught lying on his paperwork. But it was found out that he did. She was still working for the ATF when he filed that paperwork with the Senate. So I'm hoping that this is going to be the death nail in that coffin. And this is what you need to call your senators and tell them, do not confirm David Chapman, or Chipman, I'm sorry. I, can't, I think I said Chapman earlier. David Chipman. And tell them that not only is this man bad, not... You know, for the federal government, he was disgraced when he worked for the ATF. He took pictures in front of the burnt Waco house, you know, the, the Branch Davidian house, where, you know, I'm not going to say all of them were innocent, depending on your view. There's definitely some fucking innocent people in there. Some kids were in, the, in there. You know, yep. the kids did not have yep. anything to do with, you know, the standoff. You know? And the point of whether or not he was there while it was happening is kind of beside the point. He still stood in front of the building and took the trophy picture in front of it. And that says enough right there. I guarantee you he was there in the initial raid because all that was ATF SWAT. The ATF is the one that initially did the raid. They fucked it up. His office, he was in, you know, the uh, Texas office for the ATF. He was on their SWAT team. And he was, I guarantee you, he was in the initial raid. And he probably was. And he still doesn't know what weapon he was issued while he was there. That's the best part. Well, speaking of issued weapons, uh, he lost his fucking, or, you know, his, his uh, duty weapon was stolen. At one point in time, when he was an ATF agent, you know that that's something that's come out. Would you want was somebody in that, his car? Did he did he use his car as a holster? Yes. yes. Wow. That, that is the story. Wow. So, so you know you have you have these things that are coming out about this guy, and then not only that, once he retired from the ATF, he went to go work with uh, the Giffords Foundation, which is a major gun control organization. So there's no way you can say that this person can uh, fairly. And unbiased, be unbiased in his decisions as the head of the ATF. So that is what you need to call your senators for. Uh, you know, they were supposed to have his uh, hearing, I want to say like a week or two ago, but it got pushed back. Uh, and then now, it, you know, it, it could be coming any day now. You need to call your senators and let them know that they are to vote no for David Chipman for the ATF because it, it could happen. You know, we have a 50 50 Senate. Kamala Harris could be the deciding vote. It's just bad news if this guy is the ATF head. And we it need, really as is. gun owners, we as gun owners need to step up and do our part in contacting our politicians. You know, it's one thing to give money to whatever Second Amendment organization you want. Personally, I give to GOA, my local state organization, Ben McCary, and to the FP, uh, FPC. I also bought some shit from Brownells. And Brownells, uh, since this, you know, I think it's over now, but this past month, they were donating uh, 2% of all American-made items to the FPF, which if you don't follow us on social media, I highly recommend you do because I was posting some hella good deals on uh, my so my Facebook account for July 4th sales. Some of those sales are still going on. Uh, some of the coupon codes that were on those posts aren't active anymore, but keep an eye out. There's going to be more. As soon as I see these good sales, I'm going to post them on my, on my Facebook page. So keep an eye out that. Also, there's another good way to, to support the show. Full disclosure, uh, that is an affiliate account. So like a percentage of whatever you buy 
does come to the show that is being used for SHOT Show uh, for my flights and for my Airbnb out there. So, you know, just letting you know, full disclosure, those are affiliate links. I do get a commission off of that. But like I said, all that money goes directly to the show. It None of this money has ever gone into my pocket to, you know, fucking replace my AC or whatever the fuck it is. It's not like I make that much money off of that anyway. But, you know, that's all going directly to the show. But anyway, uh, call your senators. Tell them David Shipman doesn't need to go into the, you know, the head of the ATF doc, you know, the head of the ATF. Speaking of ATF, there is a new leaked document that has come out that is calling private gun makers are criminals, terrorists, and extremists. Have you seen this, Mike? Yep, and uh, I'm just going to tell them to put me in the first class uh, seat because I'm going to be on that boat the entire way. So basically, this is kind of going along with what Biden was saying, and this is what he's wanting us to, you know, wanting to do is he's wanting to put private gun makers out of business so basically if you uh you know have some 80 percent receivers that you maybe stocked up you know that's something i do is i stock up on gun parts and whenever i get some downtime or uh you know if i just got a bug up my ass i will build a, a rifle or i'll build a handgun uh this year i've already built like two glock 19s and an ar-15 uh so you know that's the kind of thing that they're trying to do, and it's basically what this is, is a first responder awareness. Now, I will say I haven't seen this as a first responder, uh, but it was published by the Joint Counterterrorism Assessment Team, JCAT, uh, and this is uh, you know titled First Responder Awareness of Privately Made Firearms May Prevent Illicit Activities. So basically what they're wanting to do is they're wanting first responders to be aware of this. And you know I've said this before. If you live in a city that is primarily anti-gun, like, for example, San Francisco, L.A., New York, Chicago, this could affect you. But if you live, like, in bumfuck Alabama or bumfuck Texas, I guarantee you your local police department or your local sheriff is not going to give a shit about this kind of stuff. They're going to actually be like, you know, hey, Joe, nice gun you got there. Where'd you get it? Oh, I made it. Oh, that's cool. Can you make me one or can you do something to mine? You know, I couldn't tell you how many times I've gotten those kind of questions whenever, uh, you know, some of my colleagues have seen what I have made and they're like, oh, that's cool. Can you make me one? And I'll be like, yeah, if you give me the fucking money, I'm not going to, you know, you know, send out the money first and then decide to, to give it to you. You know, I don't want that money up front. You know, that's that is something that it is they're trying to put the average gun owner as a criminal and a terrorist and that is something yep. we need to be furious about what do you thought it really about? is yeah i mean it, literally they're saying that if you like you said if you're building a polymer 80 glock in your home you're a terrorist now i don't know about everyone listening but i'm pretty sure i'm not a terrorist i'm pretty sure you aren't a terrorist and for fuck's sake you're a cop and they just want to go ahead and label everyone like that and i think that's a very big indication of how this administration is trying to run things like they are they're pushing it so heavily that gun owners are the devil that they're they're fine labeling millions of people millions of americans terrorists for no other reason than they're building a gun in their home and that's absolutely sickening you know it's 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 literally the same as me saying or anyone else saying everyone coming coming across the border is ms-13 it's literally saying the same exact thing, and it's just ridiculous. Like, if, we, if every single gun owner, every single person that was making a polymer 80 Glock or an 80% AR was a terrorist, 
we wouldn't have a functioning nation right now. Our nation would be in shambles, and everyone would we'd already be in another civil war, to put it bluntly. Because there's that many guns out there. There's that many gun owners out there. So they, they just need to tone it down. They need to stop being so radical and, and trying to incite fear. We're supposed to be the United States, not the divided states. And all they're wanting to do is divide us even more with shit like this. Absolutely. And I'm um, just more bullshit coming from ATF. Uh, this is an article, again, from Emiland. Uh, and the title of it is Smoking Gun Shows the ATF is Dishonest in Responding to FOIA Requests. And what it is, is MLN has, no shit, MLN has sent a FOIA request to the ATF earlier this year uh, in regards to the Director of Industry Operations, uh, in regards to, they have a temporary detail uh, for the NFA, and it's in response to processing and approving tax stamps. Uh, <clears throat> so the they responded to the FOIA request stating that the NFA division reported that it did not have any metrics in regards to how fast or you know backlogs or anything else that they you know have in responding to nfa stamps uh but this is obviously incorrect uh the atf has exempted a portion of the four request dealing with the failure to hit targets of employees on the temporary detail to the nfa division uh someone in the atf has redacted the section in regards to that director conference call and the atf said that they redacted the information because revealing it would disclose techniques procedures for enforcement investigations or prosecutions if such disclosure could reasonably be expected to risk circumvention of the law now this is sounds like a bunch of political bullshit and it says furthermore uh in regards to, regards to the the foia it was not involved in the cover-up of existence of measure uh metrics the foia department requests the information from the department in question on behalf of the requester and it relays it to back to the requester so basically they said hey we know you're fucking lying uh you need all right sorry for the technical difficulties but my internet just stopped fucking working there for a minute this time it was Nick and not me. <laughs> I know, right? Fucking Spectrum. I, you just see that meme I posted a while back. It said, like, sorry I'm six and a half hours late for this interview. Oh, you got the job. Welcome to Spectrum. Yeah, it reminded me of the South Park episode where they're they're in the media cable company. Yes. And they just pull the flip, flops down on their nipples and just start. Tell me. Tell me yeah, again. Tell me why I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking cable, man. Fucking Spectrum. Oh, God. It was... Anyway, while I was waiting to get my shit going, we, we had a funny story. My dad just got fucking fire stick, and uh, all he watches is Fox News, and my stepmom, all she watches is Hallmark. So we're letting them borrow our Hulu Live TV account. And uh, so they cut the cable. We're watching it. And then uh, I was going to see a movie that, uh, yesterday, A Quiet Place 2. So it's pretty decent. Phenomenal. I thought it was a phenomenal movie. I thought it was actually, I think it was better than the first one, to be honest with you. It was, it was really good, man. I tell you, it's got some amazing actors in it. That fucking guy from Peaky Blinders yep. and that black fella from uh, Gladiator was in there. Like it was, it was good. But uh, it's like I was coming back from the from the movie, and uh, he's like, "Quick question." And then, like, of course, fifteen minutes later, he was just telling me that like his TV was buffering, and he's like, "I could, you know, the picture's frozen, but I could still hear him." And, but it's not doing it during movies. I'm like, yeah, it, you know, streaming live TV is going to require more internet, so you'll, you'll live. But anyway, uh, so with that, call your senators. Tell them David Chipman can fuck off. Uh, I don't know. I think you got the majority of the story, hopefully. Uh, if not, I'm sorry. My bad. Fuck Spectrum. 
bitching. Yeah, we're gonna we're kind of we're kind of fishing our way back to where we were before his internet cut out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but let's go on into the next story. Uh, this is also from Emmeland, uh, and this title is Missouri Passes No Commandeering Second Amendment Protection Act to Governor Parson. Now, basically what this is was HB 85 uh, passed the Senate 2210 and the House 10743. Uh, basically, it states that uh, any action, laws, or orders that collect data, restrict, or prohibit the manufacture, ownership, and use of firearm, firearm accessories, ammunition, exclusively when the state exceed the powers granted by the federal government. So basically, this is a nullification act uh, in regards to any future federal gun control act that would prohibit any future, like, you know, assault weapons bans, uh, brace bans, uh, binary trigger bans, you know, 80% receiver bans, anything like that, or registration. Uh, registration of any existing firearms uh, is illegal in Missouri, and this is basically a nullification. Um, I have, you know, a little bit about myself is I have a undergrad in history and political science. So, you know, nullification, a lot of people say was settled in regards to the Civil War. But, you know, that is somewhat not correct because we have state nullification in regards to marijuana. We've talked about this before on this on this podcast in regards to, you know, marijuana is still a Schedule One narcotic with the federal government. Yep. And, so, like, technically, if you're filling out a 4473 and you check no on question, I think it's 11E, you're committing a felony. You are lying on that form, and you are now illegally obtaining a firearm. Actually, absolutely. And, I mean, if the Department of Justice decides to get you know a bug up their ass and they want to go after these legal dispensaries. At last I checked, I think it was like 36 or 38 states uh, in the United States have some sort of legal marijuana, whether it be medicinal or recreational. Uh, you know, at any time, you know that that's fucking nullification right there. So, and it has come to the point where so many states have passed you know nullification. You know, in regards a part you know a portion of nullification in regards to marijuana laws that the department of justice has said to all federal agencies we are not going to prosecute any marijuana cases so you know that's huge so nullification does have a purpose still in our country and i mean it's sad that we aren't seeing it actually working in terms of firearm laws because we have seen a lot of states passing, passing stuff like the Firearms Protections Act. I think it was called in Kansas and, and similar legislation. And the federal government is basically telling them, yeah, you can have fun doing that. We're still going to prosecute your citizens. Well, and that's what I'm saying. You know, when uh, medical marijuana first started, and there was like roughly around 10 dozen, you know, 10 to dozen states had some sort of medical marijuana, you still heard that, you know, some dispensaries like out in California, uh, I think Florida, it uh, might have been a state, uh, you know, some dispensaries were still being raided by the DEA. And it wasn't until Obama in 2008 came out and said, you know, directed the Department of Justice to stop prosecuting marijuana cases uh, is when, you know, you s- saw this kind of stuff happen. Now, obviously, you know, Trump kept that into effect. Uh, you know, if we get another Republican administration that really is pro 2A, we might see something like this, where if we get enough states to pass some sort of state nullification of federal gun control laws, 
you know, we could have the same thing. So this is big. And if you have if, or if you don't have this in your state, I think you should call your local state representatives and tell them, hey, I think we should have some sort of nullification in regards to, uh, you know, federal gun laws. And that can be a tipping point. I think that is something that we as gun owners need to press upon our state legislatures, because the more states, the more municipalities, the more counties that pass something like this, you know, it ultimately does end up swaying federal, you know, government control in what they use their resources for. Yeah, but like I, you said, counties, if you, if you can't get your state legislators to do it, you need to do it on the county level and try to get as many counties on board as you can. And once you get enough counties, like you said, you're probably going to see the state going ahead and passing a similar, if not the exact same laws that the counties have been passing since there's so many that they can't say no to it. Absolutely. You would see this like if you look on the electoral map, you know, even blue states like New York, Illinois, California, Oregon, you know, there's only little blue dots around the, you know, the metro areas. The rest of the state is red. If those counties pass some sort of legislation like that, that could end up affecting state government and the federal government. And I think once that happens as well, I think you could see maybe a favorable SCOTUS decision. And that's something, it's not something I had in here, but it is something that we'll go ahead and talk about. Uh, This past week was the final week for SCOTUS decisions. Unfortunately, we did not see a decision uh, or ruling made in regards to the 2A case that they brought up which was, uh, was it New York State versus, uh, you know, what was it, the New York Pistol Rifle Club or whatever they call it? I, I know which one you're talking about. I know, but I don't remember what the case was called. But it was basically, you know, it was a uh, uh, kind of like a pistol permit case where, you know, it was a shall issue versus may issue, I believe is what it was. So, unfortunately, that didn't come out, uh, this SCOTUS um, term. But hopefully, again, next year... If they thought it was a good enough case this year, they'll think it'd be a good enough case next year, and they can rule on it next year. So, let's, do you let's think we're going to be seeing something next year where where they're going to finally rule on whether or not marijuana laws should be, uh, whether or not they're legal? I guess. Well, you already saw Clarence Thomas. Uh, yep. He, yeah, he made uh, a decision in regard. He didn't make a decision. It was a a comment. It, it was a comment in regards to a case where he said that, you know, you have all these states uh, that have legal marijuana. He thinks that federal law should change to where, uh, you know, it is not a Schedule One narcotic anymore. To that's what it was. It was an, actually a tax case, uh, and it's funny because my brother's a tax attorney, and we were talking about this a while back. He's here uh, for the summer for a little bit, and uh, where they marijuana dispensary wasn't getting certain tax deductions uh and they were wanting to but because they were a dispensary you know they couldn't get the right kind of tax forms because you know it's still a schedule one narcotic uh it was supposed to you know they tried to bring it up to supreme court where the lower court said no you don't get those tax deductions uh and in clarence thomas's uh, opinion on it and why they wouldn't take it you know they upheld the lower court's decision said they weren't going to take it uh, but he did say all that. So I, I think, I don't know, man. I, Isn't that funny, though? Like, they have a problem with giving them the deductions, but they have absolutely no money taking the tax money from them. Like, well, <laughs> it, it, it was tax money in regards to, like, buying shit. So, like, they wanted to, right. like, 
you know, purchase like pens or office supplies. You know, and I'm not saying that's what it was. I'm just using an example. You know, yeah. and normal businesses, you can get that shit tax free. But yeah, no, I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying it's funny that they won't give the marijuana dispensaries those deductions, but they're perfectly fine accepting their tax return or their their tax yeah. money. It's like okay, it's either it's too bad to have legal. Or it's fine to take tax money. You have to make a decision. You can't sit there, and that goes along with what Clarence Thomas said, you know, half in, half out kind of stance on marijuana. It's like you can't do that because that creates a legal double standard that shouldn't exist. Absolutely. And I, I 100% agree. And I was just talking with, with my head administrator about that this week. Uh, and, you know, we were like, man, we just wish this fucking bullshit with marijuana would just be over just because it's such a non sequitur uh, in regards to law enforcement that, you know, just go ahead and stop, stop the bullshit. But, um, it, you know, it, it's funny. And I talked to talk to a liberal friend of mine about this. Like, and let me ask you this. Do you think everybody talks about like the supposed party switch that happened in the 60s? Uh, where like you know Democrats became Republicans and Republicans became Democrats and that's why the Democrat Party is more liberal than what it was like in the 40s or 50s or whatever. Uh, I think that there's probably another party switch happening because you have the Democrats wanting to bomb the fuck out of the Middle East. Uh, you have Republicans saying you know make marijuana legal. We you know we don't care. You know Claire Thomas is probably one of the most conservative judges in SCOTUS history. Uh, probably within the last 70 years, you know, I, I don't think, think it's so much. I don't think it's so much that we're seeing a party swap. I think what it is, is, is you're seeing both parties act historically like they've always acted historically. Democrats have always, and I'm sorry to say this historically, Democrats have always been two faced. They've said one thing and then done another thing. Republicans, for the most part, from my knowledge, they've, they've been very stat where okay well this is now illegal and it's illegal because it was bad okay and then all the stats come out from the states that have legalized like for instance marijuana all those stats come out they see oh the crime rate hasn't actually increased that much if at all we've actually probably seen a decrease in terms of gang violence because they aren't selling marijuana anymore and we're getting all this tax revenue that we can use to better the nation so they're seeing all this and they're finally coming to the realization oh this would not be that bad of a thing which I think historically has been what the Republicans have always done. The Democrats, on the other hand, they've always been touchy-feely. Oh, well, this hurts my feelings. It's bad. Oh, the, I don't care if that's what the what the statistic is. It doesn't mean anything because that's not how I feel. And then they'll you know they'll do campaigns on specific things, but then they do the opposite. Like, oh, we need to end the war in the Middle East. What do they? What does Biden's administration do immediately? not even 30 days into office, immediately bombs the Middle East about as much as Trump did during his entire presidency, if not more. So I don't feel like we're seeing a party switch necessarily as much as we're seeing the parties act in their true colors, and their truest colors, which is the Democrats are two-faced. They don't actually mean what they say. They're going to do the opposite. And Republicans are just slow to fucking change, which all boomers are. So In this next article, uh, I want to talk about just kind of the bullshit of the left in regards to what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, we obviously know that the, these giant tech companies are havens of left wing, uh, censorship. They really are. You know, especially YouTube. YouTube is a ginormous platform 
just like social media, where I almost think YouTube is probably a little bit more just because, like we talked about earlier with my fucking dad cutting the cable, a lot of people are cutting the cable and they are going to YouTube for content. You know, and, I'd say I'd still say Facebook's the worst. Well, listen to this, and you might change your mind. So, uh, this article originally came out in July 5th, uh, and it was updated July 6th. But YouTube banned the far left channel gun uh, uh, right wing one so they're far left and anti-gun in this youtube channel they have gone out to throw out conspiracy theories and th this is interesting because you know this is making me think of all the bullshit that the left has said with QAnon. and i'm not a QAnon supporter i'm just gonna flat out you know make that known right now but you know QAnon is is basically the conspiracy theory for the right wing uh, right wing or what was this? The right wing watch is obviously a conspiracy theory platform for the left. Uh, they have pushed conspiracy theories linking groups like the gun owners of America, uh, claiming that they're a bridge between government officials and a radical anti-government militia movement. Uh, they also said they also try and link uh, gun groups to Christian nationalism. Uh, so like you know all those Christian identity, anti-abortion people, all that kind of stuff. Uh, even though the G you know gun owners of America has never you know been connected to any militia and is not a religious organization, uh, they've also claimed that the NRA is racist. Uh, and more specifically, uh, Larry and Eric Pratt for their non-compromise gun stance. Uh, so this place is just fucking bonkers with bullshit conspiracy theories. Well, YouTube banned them. Well, the very next day, and this is where it was updated on July 6th, YouTube has decided to reinstate Right Wing Watch, saying that the banning was a mistake. And, you know, Right Wing Watch, obviously, they re released a statement saying that YouTube recognizes their position, that there's a world of difference between reporting on offensive activities and committing them. We hope that this end of years-long struggle with YouTube, yeah, fucking years-long struggle, sure, to understand the nature of our work, and we also help whatever bullshit. So... You know, I'm sure that their algorithms probably caught right wing watch in doing something that they are legitimately not supposed to be doing, and they banned the YouTube account for. And but once, you know, was this uh, right wing watch appealed the decision that they've come back and said, "Oops, our bad. These are the kind of nut jobs that we want on our platform, spreading their, you know, base bullshit, you know, conspiracy theories. We're going to reinstate their account." Yeah. You know. What the fuck is going to happen? You know, we've tried, you know, there's always, there was that thing a couple years ago where, you know, Facebook really started hitting hard on gun groups. And they said, well, you know, you just start your own uh, platform, your social media platform, and then you don't have to worry about, you know, some sort of left-wing tech company banning you. Well, that happened with things like MeWe and Parler. And what the fuck happened to Parler? Yeah, it's Parler. not even there anymore. They got rid of it, and it's all because they refused to censor people that were supporters of Trump, which is absolutely hilarious. And it just goes to show that Apple and Google both combined really give no fucks about honesty or honest reporting. They just care about their party lines and their agendas, and that's all they want to see pushed. Absolutely. I mean, it is fucking ridiculous that that kind of group that is honestly QAnon-ish, you know, and QAnon, I mean— been invested been investigated by the fucking federal government you know all this other kind of stuff and i mean to be to be fair to youtube okay i'm not saying i'm not saying youtube is the best i'm uh, you know obviously i'm a very big uh critic of youtube and what they do i don't support them at all but i mean obviously we like to have followers and all that stuff but 
I still can't say that YouTube's worse than Facebook because YouTube is at least decent enough where if you find a video of someone being beheaded or or major propaganda, it doesn't matter which side it's been on. At least the videos that I've reported, they've taken them down. On Facebook, I'll literally report, I found a video of child molestation. I reported it. Facebook said that it was within their guidelines and it was fine for their fucking platform. I've reported a video of a beheading. I've reported a woman masturbating. I've reported a handful of different things. And every single one of them, Facebook says, oh, well, this is all okay. And then I make one I make one typo. I forget the fucking T on tho, you know, T-H-O. And I get a fucking ban because it's the word ho. Like, I'm not saying that YouTube is is pristine. I'm not saying that YouTube is without, you know, mud on their face, but... And they did take down Louder with Crowder, and they brought Louder with Crowder back, and they've done it multiple times, to be fair, but they brought him back every single time, saying, you know, we're really at fault here, but you also need to stop doing that. So, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence uh, here. You know, but what kills me is that they they will demonetize videos. Oh, yeah. But they will still continue to put ads on there yep, and yep. collect the ad revenue from those videos yeah, and not share it with the content insane. creator. Oh, so yeah, to me, Facebook does it, too, for, for their pages, yeah. which is hilarious. It's like, okay, I'll put a 10-minute video up about me doing a review and halfway through it. Here's some fucking – and there's nothing wrong with an LGBT ad. I'm just saying it's fucking LGBT ad in the middle of a gun video, which they hate, and they're going to promote an ad right there and take the money from it and not give me any credit. It's like, come on. Yep. Uh, next article actually comes to us from Fox Business, and uh, this is just the one I clicked on just because it was the first one I saw in reference to this. San Jose, California is now going to impose a tax on all gun owners and require them to have insurance for every gun uh, that they want to basically tax gun ownership, thinking this is going to stop gun crime. This was a tax that they say that is going to go to uh, the victims of gun crime in that city, which I I would love to see the four-year request on this if this goes through, to see exactly where that money is going, because I guarantee you it's not going to be going towards gun crime. Uh, so, but basically, they are wanting to tax every gun owner, and you will have to carry liability insurance for every gun that you have. So if you have 10 guns, you will have to have 10 insurance policies for one for every gun. Uh, it's an 11% tax. Uh, and each time, you know, also uh, each time a gun owner buys ammunition, there's another tax plus a background check fee. You know, a, a right taxed is a right denied, you know, or a right delay. Yeah. You know, the old saying, right delay is right denied. A right taxed is a right denied. This is the same odage of polar ID taxes. You know, the poll tax. It really is. It really is. And I, it's just hilarious. It's like, we're going to start imposing taxes on everything that can be used in a crime because we need to cover the costs of it. It's like, okay, everyone's already paying the tax monies to pay for all this. So we really don't need it. And the other thing is, California is a pristine state where literally anything that you want will grow there. And it's got oceanfront property, lots of lakefront property. It's losing a population every single year. People are fleeing in the thousands from California, and this is the exact reason why they're fleeing from California. Taxes. Yeah, well, taxes and the fact that they're denying the rights of the people. Yep. They want to do all this shit, and then they want to go, but why are all these people leaving? All, I mean, gee, it might not help that you're literally putting you know, criminals next door to them and paying for everything from, paying for everything for these criminals out of, 
their neighbor's tax money. And then you're telling the neighbors that, hey, you're a fucking devil because you want to exercise your rights. I, I really uh, I have no idea why people are wanting to leave such a pristine oasis in the desert. I have absolutely no idea why. I mean, 50% income tax definitely has nothing to do with it. Absolutely. So, you know, and just fucking retarded, man. California sucks balls. It does. My, insanely liberal ass sister left california so that tells you something you know she yeah. is is vegan all all that all that crazy shit and she left california so that tells tells you something yeah i mean california is just it, it's it's literal it, it's it's a literal ccp camp if you think about it well not literal but i mean it's it, it's as free as a ccp camp as can be yep like if you don't think a specific way you're going to get rioted and your house is going to get burned down. You're going to get forced out of the state or they're just going to throw you in jail because how dare you do something that they don't approve of. Absolutely. This next article uh, is one that actually was pointed out to me, at least first by our good friend, Ron. Uh, and the article is from New York post and it's some more information that's come out about it. But the title of it is rise of the Moors leader bragged about guns before highway standoff. And this was just an extremely odd story. Uh, so what had occurred was a group of about 10 people uh, described themselves to be heavily armed, uh, got into a standoff on I-95 in Massachusetts, which lasted nine hours. So, and I just don't understand how this occurred, I guess you could say. Um, and, you know, I'm going to say this article, uh, you know, the Rise of the Moors is an anti-government sovereign citizen movement that does not recognize U.S. laws, according to the SPLC. Now, I will say the SPLC is not the best uh, group, in my opinion. I mean, you know, they're right here in Alabama, but they are crazy fuckers, you know, crazy progressive fuckers, you know, in what they think. Um, but anyway, it happened just after 1.30 when Massachusetts state troopers spotted two cars refueling in a breakdown lane uh, on I-95. When the cops stopped to assist them, they noticed that the occupants of the vehicle were dressed in military-style tactical gear. Some had long rifles, others had pistols. And basically, it, for some reason, you know, they were they just broke down on the side of the road. They were refueling, you know, like they had gas cans that were refueling. Uh, the cops stopped to check on them, and they noticed this, and then the state troopers just shut down I-95, not knowing what the fuck was going on, uh, and it turned into a standoff that lasted for hours. You know, the whole time this group was uh, live streaming what they were, you know, doing through. Uh, the men told police that they were traveling from Rhode Island to Maine for training, um, but they were ultimately arrested for having firearms uh, illegal in the state, even though they weren't from the state, they were traveling. Uh, uh, Firearms Owners Protection Act protects them from that kind of uh, search and seizure, not search and seizure, but arrest. Well, so, you know, and, and I, I probably don't agree with what these guys believe in that, you know, bring them as the Rise of the Moors group. Right. But I totally think this was bullshit. I oh, truly it definitely do. was, and I think it's going to end up getting thrown out because we already have some, uh, we have some case law that's been made about the Firearms Owners Protection Act that Reagan signed in to protect gun owners that were traveling from state to state. Well, and this alone, this right here, is going to be a very good case where a definition of how the firearms need to be transported is going to be made. Because until, like, up until this point, or up until this point in history, 
that hasn't really been tested. Well, you know, a lot of these places, I'm assuming Massachusetts is probably one of them. I know New York City is definitely one of them. Mass- New York City, I know for a fact, like Leosa, which is, you know, the Law Enforcement Officers uh, Safety Act, which basically says that, you know, a police officer, as long as, you know, they're not violating any local laws, can carry a firearm wherever they want federally and not be charged with any sort of state. New York City doesn't give a shit. They arrest cops annually that are traveling to New York City for, yep. uh, you know, just vacation or business or whatever it may be. And they arrest them. They just don't give a shit. And they charge them. And, you know, what these places really do is an extortion racket. Just like, you know, a small city will love writing tickets to outer towners because they know that they're not going to come back and try and fight it. You know, they're just going to pay the fine. And that's what these places do is they arrest people from out of state uh, just because they know they're not going to stick around to fight it. And they're going to just pay the fine, you know, maybe get it dropped to some smaller charge, but they're going to get, you know, their, their tax money basically out of it. Yeah. That's that's, what we saw with the, with the airport stuff that John, I think it's John Stossel did a really good video over basically uh, people will follow the TSA or whatever guidelines about care or traveling with a firearm. They get into New York. They'd have no, or New York city specifically, I believe. They have no issues. They go to go leave New York City, but because they aren't abiding by how New York City wants the firearms and ammunition and magazines separated in their luggage, New York PD or New York City PD arrests them on site in the airport, even though they're abiding by federal law. They take them to jail, throw them in jail with murderers, which I'm sorry, that's kind of extreme. And then they come to them and they say, hey, we will... Uh, We'll cut this down a couple of uh, levels in terms of severity as long as you pay fifteen to $30,000. And then yep. the people are always like, all right, I'll take it. Just let me the fuck out of here. Yep. It's, it, it's, it's <laughs> again, CCP camp. It's extortion. It really is. And the last article I have for the main segment uh, is something that is pretty, I mean, it's pretty dear to me. I love conservation. I love the outdoors. I think that is one of the biggest things for, you know, one of the most underutilized things that gun owners, you know, seem to think about in regards to their gun owning uh, capabilities is the outdoors. A lot of people in my area get into firearms through hunting initially. You know, their parents take them hunting. They, you know, get a, a cheap like 270 or something or, you know, a 12 gauge. And then, you know, as they get older, you know, they get more into firearms. And Biden is so anti-gun anything that he is wanting to take hunting out of duck stamps. Now, duck stamps are what they are is duck stamps is basically all they are is literally stamps that you get. And they have, you know, art in them and all that kind of stuff. And the money goes to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, uh, you know, to help conservation. Well, Biden is seeking to revise regulations on the federal duck stamp contest that would delete a requirement to include a hunting-related aspect in the art. Now, most of these stamps, uh, the rule was added in 2018, and in addition to using one of five pre-approved waterfowl species, uh, they must include a hunting-related accessory such as blinds, hunting dogs, or waterfowl uh, decoys. So that is something that Biden is seeking to do. And I wanted to just kind of talk about this, and I will say this. uh, There's been more than $1.1 billion in duck stamp sales. God, fuck, I can't talk now. Duck stamp sales have been used to acquire wetland habitats that help sequester 
you know, conservation, uh, you know, habitats and all that kind of. And I'm sorry, by the way, this article is from guns.com. And this brings me to something else. Uh, Mike, do you know what the Pittman-Robinson Act is? We've, pre- we've briefly talked on it, and I was absolutely astounded by what it was. It's yes. something I knew absolutely nothing about prior. So if you don't know what the Pittman-Robinson Act is, it is a tax on all uh, firearms and ammunition. And what that is, is that goes directly into conservation. That money is earmarked for conservation. So it's not like they can say, hey, this is a conservation tax, and then they end up using it for roads or Social Security or whatever. This stuff is specifically made for conservation. Now, if Uh, I'm not mistaken, this is like the biggest, if not the only federal funding that conservation gets it is the majority of of the funding conservation gets uh that is at historic lows uh so you know something i want to say and i was talking and this is actually was brought up to me uh by a game warden buddy of mine uh that is also one of my jiu-jitsu buddies um is that you know the pittsman robinson uh funds are depleting because so many people uh and, and i and when i was talking to him i was like you know i can see this as being you know, money that started to be rolled downhill uh, through the Trump slump that we had when Trump was in office. And that's probably why so many guns and ammunition was not purchased. And that's why there's not that much, uh, you know, funds, you know, raised by the Pittsburgh Robinson Act. And let me say something else about this, too. You know, and he's a game warden, so he's more on the enforcement side. The Pittsburgh Robinson Act is only for conservation. So you can't, they can't even use that money to pay game wardens. So it goes directly into conservation of natural resources. Um, so the Pittsman Robinson Act is going extremely downhill, and it's affecting a lot of conservation out there. And they're looking for new ways to try and raise money, whether that's higher taxes on your farms and ammunition or maybe, you know, an additional tax somewhere else. Uh, you know, that's what they're talking about. But that's something that I think, like, we as gun owners really need to, you know, know about this kind of stuff. You know, if you are local, uh, you know, go out and buy a hunting and fishing license. I think for me, local, uh, you know, a year, a hunting and fishing license, like 50 bucks a year. But that $50 goes straight into conservation. That is something that directly goes into conservation. Um even if I don't plan on going hunting that year, I'll still buy a hunting license just because I know what that does for my state. Uh, you know, there's other things that you could do as well. Uh, you know, when we talk about donate to Second Amendment organizations, there are conservation organizations as well. The NSSF does a lot of great stuff in regards to this, uh, you know, in conservation and donating to like the National Wildlife Turkey Federation. And I'd say I'm not a huge hunter. I just love the outdoors. I go hunting sometimes without even the, you know, thought of, hey, I'm I need to get like a hog or squirrels or whatever it may be. I just like going outside. Uh, I fucking hate deer hunting just because I hate the cold that much. I hate cold. Uh, so once it starts getting cold here, I won't even go deer hunting anymore because I just fucking hate it that much. So, uh, you know, which what, so- cold for you is like what forty degrees, <sighs> bro. I mean, cold for me. <laughs> Like I'm not I'm not lying. Before my girlfriend moved in, I kept my thermostat on 80. My kids just just are, adapted. Are you are you the devil? My kids uh, just, just adapted, man. And like uh, you know, <sighs> the first time that she came over, she was like, "What in the fuck?" And I was like, oh, "I mean, it is. I'll hot. turn it That's down for you." Hot house. I I turn it down to 76 for her, and she was still burning the fuck up. And like now that we got like this new AC unit, and uh, you know, we got uh, you know, this she's moved in. Like she'll you know keep it around like 74 
which is fucking freezing to me. Oh, come on. I'm serious, man. Well, but then she'll pull out a fucking blanket and cover herself. And I'm like, why don't you just turn the fucking AC up, man? Like, why Why do you need to cover yourself with a blanket in the fucking house? So, And I... Here I think I think during deer season it gets down to like negative ten. You know yeah. it has it has gotten negatives here before, uh, but like we've had a couple very mild winters, which has been nice. Like I swear I think maybe like we had a total of one week this past winter where it got below the forties. Uh, so everything else was wow. in the forties. It Lucky was so duck. nice. It was so nice. I fucking loved it. That's t-shirt so. and short weather here in Indiana. <laughs> well, you know it's crazy. I used to live near Chicago as a kid. So, like, my first winter down here, I wore T-shirt and shorts the whole time, and everybody looked yeah. at me like a weirdo. But I, like, lived in front of, like, the little window AC unit that we had at our house when we moved down here. Yeah. Like, the next winter, I was like, oh, break out the jackets, man. I'm freezing. Wow. But it was the Army that ruined it for me. Army ruined the cold. So. I can see that. Absolutely. Anyway, so that's going to be the end of our main segment. Uh, let's go ahead and start getting into the product news and reviews. Well, Mike, you got anything uh, that you want to talk about? No, not really. Um, other than the Smith & Wesson L&P review is going to be going up here sometime this week, so everyone should be keeping an eye out for that. It's kind of an abbreviated review, which I hate doing, but mulling some things over, it's probably better to do that than not to do the review at all. Now, do you have the OG or do you have the 2.0? I have the 2.0, and for those that are watching on YouTube, you can kind of see it right here. It's the 2.0 Compact Optics Ready. Um, nice. Got the Holosun 507C on it, and that's the green reticle. I don't have the red one because I'm colorblind because I have bad genetics, but yeah. That, that Polish genetics. Hmm? That Polish genetics. Yeah, yeah. The Pol- <laughs> I can't do anything right. I need friends to help. <laughs> and it's crazy. And like the Polish flag, half red. Yeah. Yeah, half red, Jeez. half white. I can see that. That one, I have no problem seeing that. But I mean, if you turn, if there's another country that had a half green, half white flag, and you put them together, I might venture onto the other side. <laughs> when they start speaking Spanish, you'd be like, "Why the fuck am I in Mexico?" Yeah, you're like, "What? Uh, I think I'm in the wrong place. Uh, I think I was supposed to be in room 103 here." <laughs> Shit. Oh man. Uh, that's awesome, man. I love my M&Ps, man. I, I really do. To me, I can't shoot that well with them just because I hadn't got the round count behind them like I do with my SIG and my Glocks. Um, and that, that's obviously my fault. But, I mean, I've been issued uh, SIGs and Glocks, so that's what I mainly shoot. But just the M&Ps feel so nice in my hand. I they love really them. do. I mean, the only downside is OEM parts seem to not exist. And for the 2.0 Compact or the Compact in general, uh Magazines have been perpetually out of stock, so you got that going on, too. But, I mean, all around, I've really enjoyed the gun. I just wish I could have shot it more, but with COVID's ammo crisis, yeah, it's not fucking happening because I'm broke. (laughs) Broke is a joke. I am a joke. What are you talking about? Yep, you are, (laughs) man. Well, something I want to talk about is KE Arms announces Glock Mag Fed KP9 polymer receiver. Uh, this is pretty interesting. Uh, KE Arms also just released a OD Green receiver, uh, OD Gang for Life. Yee. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Uh, Which, so if that, you aren't in the ODG gang group on Facebook or on MeWe, you're a loser and you need to join it. Shout out to Freedom Fried Father. You know, I don't think I am on the MeWe group. I'm definitely on the, the Facebook. What a loser. What a I mean, loser. <laughs> you know, MeWe to me is just, I, I probably just haven't been in it enough, but it's just hard for me to navigate through. MeWe is like MySpace without any refinement. Yeah, see, it's been years since I've been on MySpace. Yeah, so. it has no refinement. And. The spammers are abundant, and the scammers are abundant, and every time you open the app, you get prompted to pay for the premium version, or to yep. just, yeah, it's like, okay, just, you guys need to tone it down. It's a pain in the ass, man. Now, if you don't know what KE Arms are, this is basically a polymer fixed stock integrated with a polymer lower that has an integrated polymer hand guard and trigger guard. So basically, this is everything that you need for the lower, except for the lower parts kit itself and the buffer tube kit. Um, now, they do offer, I think, some that have the lower parts kits. Uh, they came out with the AR-15 a while ago, uh, again, hence the, the OD green uh, lower that we were talking about. And now they just came out with the Glock Mag Fed KP9, which I think this is interesting. Uh, you know, the more competition, I think, is better. I'm happy about this because... I don't know how soon, but in the near future, I'm planning on getting a uh, 9mm carbine AR style type deal. So, uh, looking to see if there is a MSRP. I do not see it. Uh, it's going to be coming in, in several configurations. So, can probably just that, price is, that price list is going to be different. Uh, and I will say, they only made 500 of the OD Green ones. So, wow. get her done. Do it. Yeah. Get one as fast as you can, because once they're gone, they're probably never going to come back, unfortunately. Absolutely. Uh, damn, I feel like there was something else I want to talk about in regards to... Um, oh, I'll just fucking reach over to it without knocking all my shit over. So I got these tough hooks. And if you don't know what these are, and if you, I don't know if you can see it without the, the, gr- the green kind screen of, effect. Kind of, kind of but basically it. what this is, is something to hang up your plate carrier, uh, which is, you know... I had you know i have like two plate carriers just like bouncing around my fucking truck uh, i have the soft armor plate carrier which is kind of like my uniform uh, outer vest cape plate carrier and then i have my level four ceramic plates and my shellback uh you know was it banshee 2.0 uh so it, it's it's kind of a pain in the ass um especially like when i pick up my kids and if like you know i was you know hauling ass somewhere and they kind of got moved around i gotta move all this shit over again um so i decided to get these and uh it actually will hold both of mine this says it holds up to 158 pounds and i uh put it on my rifle rack uh, i have i think it's like a tough rack or I can't remember the name brand, but it's, it's the, the brand that like pretty much all law enforcement uses for firearms racks, uh, in the truck, uh, like going over the roof. So it just hangs up there. And I'm telling you, this thing is doing a lot better than I expect it would be. Uh, like when my shit show of a situation occurred, uh, Sunday on 4th of July, and, uh, I was like shitting and getting all through fucking areas. I don't even know. So I had to like slam on my brakes and like, you know, turn real fucking quick. Um, you know, this thing held up both of my, my plate carriers really well. Uh, it was sitting up there and I kind of got like wedged into like a sp- bleh, fuck, specific spot, I should say. So I got it wedged in a specific spot. So that way, like it doesn't like slide around and all that kind of bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. And these is really good. These were only like 15 bucks off LA police gear. Uh, I'll probably maybe post a uh, link on it. And also what's nice about it is it's got the like the regular coat hanger hook 
but then you flip it over and it's got like a handle. So like if you wanted to move your plate carriers on this thing, it's got yeah. the little handle that you can flip it over. And sure as shit, like, you know, I just took it off the hook, grabbed the, the handle on the bottom and just flipped it over. And like those things just like smooth, you know, it's not like I had to like take it off, flip it upside down and rehook it again. Oh, you're just able to rotate it basically? Yeah, exactly. Wow. And it That's was pretty like, nice. It was like 15 bucks at LA Police Gear, man. It was a really good deal. Um, so, I mean, I was thoroughly happy about that. I got two of them, uh, just so that way I could, uh, have one, uh, for my home rack that I have for all my shit. And then I got one, uh, in my truck. So it's really nice. Uh, and honestly I got two cause I thought they would probably break in my truck. Yeah. But you know, like I said, after the shit show that I went through on Sunday, it held up fine. So nice. that's my product review. Super cool. Super nice. Super cheap great accessory for anything that you have going on so if you ain't got nothing else mike nothing oh cool. yeah actually actually i got one more thing for you the uh, surefire sidekick i don't have it with me um mine finally broke oh i've man. had it for i've had it for a year maybe two years now um battery lasted a while on it i think i charged it up two times in total but yeah i dropped the i dropped my uh Oh, what's it called? My carabiner the other day, well, yesterday on accident, and the light just fucking broke to pieces. Wow. And now it won't stay together. So, and that's the first time I've ever dropped the light. So the very first time it dropped, it shattered. Well, not shattered, but it broke into two pieces. I can't put it back together. And it did look like uh, the battery on the inside had uh, expanded. So Interesting. Yeah, yeah, something to watch out for if you're looking at the Surefire Sidekick. Now, I will say, now that you say that, uh, I did get another item. Uh, I was looking for just, like, a cheap light that I could keep around in my breast pockets uh, of my uniform, and I got LA Police Gear uh, branded light. Uh, but what was neat about it, it was 30 bucks. It gets up to, like, 700 lumens on the highest setting, and it runs for, I think it said, like, 40 minutes or an hour. And then the second highest setting, which was like 300 lumens, it ran for like two and a half hours. And the next one's like 70 lumens. It runs for like eight hours or some shit. Right. But what was really nice about it is the the head, it's either a straight light that beams the, the, the light straight ahead. Or you can twist it and it makes it like an angle light, like the old green you know military flashlights. Yeah. And it's got a nice little clip on it that like I could put it on my Molly Webbin. Uh, and just clip it right there so I could, you know, have it using it hands-free. Yeah. And it is a rechargeable battery, which I'm not a huge fan of, just because in the South it gets super fucking hot, and that just destroys lithium batteries. Um, yeah. But what's nice about it is with the rechargeable battery, it's a, a magnet connector. Connector. So it's not like a micro USB that you plug in. It's yeah. just like it's got this special little magnet uh cord that you connect to like your normal usb wall block or you know car charger and then the magnets connected to that so it's it's super cool uh it was 30 bucks and i was super pleased with it uh i've had that now for a couple weeks so it hasn't really been truly battle tested but like the initial thoughts are it's pretty pretty badass uh little light so right all right, well, if you got nothing else, man, we'll go ahead and get into the culture segment. All righty. All I'm trying to tip. Shawty say she old and got a razor in a lip. Mix my cup and twist one up. I love that ratchet shit. She like, 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 iced out ribs. Iced out, iced out ribs. Iced out ribs. Fuck, don't kiss. Fuck, she fuck, don't kiss. Look like friends, but she say they twins. Jump right in. It's leg room in this bed. 
right, in the gun culture segment, we are going to be talking about a new movie that has come out on Amazon Prime, and our good friend Chris uh, was talking shit about it. But have you seen it, The Tomorrow War, yet? Yep, 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 and I already know why he was talking shit about it, and I kind of agree on everything that he said. I've got a lot of questions about that movie and a lot of answers that are missing. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's the gunplay on it is pretty stupid. Yeah. Uh, one of his one of his friends commented, and I like this was spot fuck on, is that you had like a normal thirty round magazine, but you had like fucking minigun speed that like lasted for you know Ever. three. Well, to yeah, five. I mean, like I understand like th- these guns were supposed to be futuristic, I believe. So I can understand like maybe there's something going on there, but at the same time, you didn't do anything to make it look futuristic. You threw on an ACOG, gave it a short barrel, and the Hera fucking foregrip. Yeah. And, and then an enforce light of all fucking lights. Like, seriously? Yeah. I mean, you know, I and I I thought the same thing. Well, I was like, well, I guess it's just a futuristic gun, that's why it's shooting that way. But then you saw them loading a magazine, and it's just a normal, yeah. like, you know, AR mag. It's like Yeah. Full of five 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 six. Yeah. yeah, and then, like, there's so many other things going on in that movie. It's like, okay, okay, question number one. Why did you have to send past people into the future to conduct the war to have people to conduct the war? Why didn't you just come back from the future, warn everyone, say, here, you need to find an anti-venom or a venom that's work- that will work against this, and you'll be fine. Why do they have to use all these, it's like all these questions, like, that lab didn't look that much more advanced than what we have now. So they could have just brought all the research shit back through time and used it all here where they're safe to come up with a solution for then and then travel back through their wormhole and gotten the job done. Yeah, I mean, it was a good movie, I yeah. thought. It wasn't it was, bad. Like I It was a good it. movie. Yeah, I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed it. it. Yeah. I got uh, Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, you know, Chris Pratt was pretty good in it, I thought. I really he enjoy him. Display the anger emotion at all. Yeah, I think he's just too much of a good guy to yeah. to show anger. Yeah. yeah. But you know something about Chris Pratt is he is also a gun guy. You know yes, he, he has he has come out and talked about how like he's taken his kids on hunting trips or gone shooting. So I mean like and that's kind of one reason why I want to talk about this movie is just because he is a gun guy. So you know he's not like out there pushing his you know progressive gun control agenda. Like, uh, you know, fucking, what's the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy that was also in uh, Zombieland? Batista? Yep. You know, he, all his movies is all about guns and shit, but he's so anti-gun. You know, you make your money doing this shit, but you want to, you know, shit yeah, on like the thing. Yeah, it's like the marijuana thing with the government. Like, yeah. the, government, uh, the government has no qualms taking the tax money from the dispensaries, but uh, they want to they wanna arrest everyone over marijuana. Absolutely. Uh, so, but... You already basically talked about the rifles that they had. Uh, something I thought was cool that I pointed out straight away uh, to my girlfriend when we watched it is that Chris Pat carries a Kimber uh, Sock 1911 with a Surefire X300. Yeah, I thought BC that was grips. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. As soon as I saw that, I was like, ooh, Kimber. And then his dad <laughs> and I was like, a deagle. Yes, yeah, man. Yeah, that one was cool. Like I, That last scene where he pulls out the deagle to go after the alien, it's like, yes, this is what the deagle's supposed to do, but it doesn't do it well in real life. Oh, man. And then uh, Chris, even Chris Pratt was shitting on his dad for uh, des- you know, his Desert Eagle when he yeah. first, I saw him the first time. Uh, yeah. You also had the Beretta 1301 Tactical 
which I thought was a super nice shotgun. Oh, yeah. And that, the whole time I was thinking, like, you know, man, why isn't more people, you know, carrying shotguns? It seems like that's the only thing, you know, penetrating the, the alien's armor. Uh, you also had, of course, the M2 Browning 50 cal. Uh, let's see. There's obviously a Desert Eagle that we talked about. Uh, and there was uh, a Phalanx uh, CIWS 20 millimeter guns. Bunch of cool stuff. Uh, obviously, this is a brand spanking ass new movie, so it doesn't have a whole lot of uh, stuff, you know, on IMM, IMFDB, which is where we normally get our stuff. I'm actually getting this from Guns.com, uh, yeah. which title is The Tomorrow War of the Guns. It's a good movie. It's on Amazon Prime. Basically, everybody has Amazon Prime. You know, if yeah, you so watch it, yeah, you watch it. I think it's a good movie. I definitely yeah, recommend don't, it. Don't expect there to be a lot of logic. That's all I'm going to say. Like, if you go into there, if you go into this movie thinking everything's going to make sense, it's one of those movies that's going to piss you off. Yep. So watch it for genuine entertainment purposes only. Yes, there you go. Thank you. All right, let's go ahead and start wrapping it up. Because my flow effects just get almost here to bust. Yeah, we must crush them dust. Yeah. We are my never in a rush while they follow us. Make fuss. Cause my flow infectious can almost hear the pus, huh? This ain't the Matrix, bitch, I think I'm in the Nexus. Well, I want to greatly appreciate you guys listening to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. I want to greatly appreciate my buddy Mike for being a co-host yet again. Uh, yes. I, didn't, I thought I was going to have to go this one solo because uh, I was busy as fuck Sunday. And that's normally when we do it. Plus, we had our 4th of July. Uh, and then yesterday, I just fucking forgot about it. We had like a, a scheduled time, but Mike, you didn't didn't talk to me either so like, yeah i mean to be fair fault. to me yesterday was a busy day. i had like i'm not gonna say where i work because i don't want anyone trying to call the company but i had like 400 price changes i had to do in the morning and like shift starts at like 10 i didn't get done with the price changes until 12 31 it was a he, long fucking day he works at the dildo warehouse in case you're wondering only he, with the big black ones he is the chief tester and uh, if you're looking for his reviews, justpews.com. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. I uh, greatly appreciate it. It's the best way to find out new uh, podcast episodes when they come out. If you can, leave us a review on iTunes. Delete it, or I'm sorry, install it. Leave us a review, delete it. That's the best way for other people to find us when they're looking for gun related content. Share the podcast to your friends. I mean, Every podcast platform has a share option. You know, send it to your buddy that's also a gun guy and say, hey, man, like, I like this podcast. I think you should check it out, too. So reach out, you know, spread the word. Also, go ahead and check out our social media. I'm everywhere at 2A Lifestyle. Mike is on Facebook and Insta at Just Pews, and he's on Insta at Tatcat Actual. And he's also uh, Discord on both of those as well. I'm sorry. So check out those. Also, if you can, check out JustPews.com. That's where you see articles written by me, Mike, and our buddy Eric that was on the show last time. Also, go ahead and check out our Patreon. It's the best way for people to support this show. Uh, everything you guys give us on Patreon goes directly into this show. I greatly appreciate everything that you guys give us. And if you are wanting to do some sort of Patreon reward system, which is something that I'm going to be doing, reach out to me on social media and send me a DM to let me know what you want as part of a reward. Also, check out our links uh, on our social media, our affiliate links. I'm straight up saying those are commission. We get a little piece. You also get whatever you're going to get. But I'm also going to make sure you get the best deals for what you want. So uh, 
appreciate everything you guys do for us. Mike, I appreciate you getting on the podcast. And y'all keep on enjoying that 2A lifestyle. Can we make these flames go higher? Talking about head now, head now, head now, head now. I go, I go, I need. Talking more fina, I need. Talking more fina, I Start my truck, let's all jump in. Here we go together. Nice cool breeze and big palm trees. I'll tell you later.